And that is it. That's my, my novel of notes right there. First uh, Peter, believe it or not, we're almost done. First Peter chapter 5. And this has been a really good study. And I'm so thankful that y'all come up here and sing today because I'm going to really touch on that, about the Lord giving you a talent or providing you with a skill and how you are supposed to return that back to the church and to glorify Him, which y'all knocked that out of the park today. And I appreciate that. One of the things that me and Paisley will tend to do is we like, we like really, really bad dad jokes. We love, I mean, just all, she'll, she'll text me or she'll call me or she'll tell me one, and I'll try to find one, and, and we'll go back and forth with that uh, all day long. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple corny jokes to set this thing up today. So don't, don't throw any maters at me or anything like that. But this is the way that I, I feel like we should set this message up today. And I've already got booed at home for this one. Sorry. Abby told me not to say it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Why do we say amen instead of a woman after singing a song? Because we sung a hymn. <laughs> yeah, that's bad, I know. What did Jonah's family say when he told them about what happened before reaching Nineveh? Sounds kind of fishy. See, they're bad, ain't they, Paisley? <laughs> Why did Adam and Eve do math every single day? Because the Lord told them to be fruitful and multiply. You write these down, HP. <laughs> Who in the Bible knew the most people? You'll like this one. Abraham knew a lot. Yep, you're getting it. You're getting it. <laughs> it's bad, ain't it? Ugh. Who in the Bible had the greatest business plans? <laughs> the, <laughs> the prophets. <laughs> Last one. What do you call a Christian who isn't serving? A contradiction. That's not supposed to be laughed at. That's where we're going today. What do you call a Christian that isn't serving? That's a contradiction. When we're saved, when we're saved by God's good grace, and we get down on our face and we ask Jesus into our heart, when we decide that we need to have a relationship with Jesus and not be religious, we are at that point called to serve. So if you're here today and you're saved, you are to be serving. We are saved to serve. We are supposed to be mission-minded. We are supposed to be willing to step outside of our comfort zone and serve. We are to build up the kingdom. We are to glorify God's name in everything that we do. We are to go out and be a witness. Every, every time we go out, we are to be that witness. So we're called to serve. As Christians, we've been redeemed for a reason. And another way to say it is that we've been saved to serve. The one I like to say is we've been mobilized for ministry. He's preparing us all the time. We are constantly learning. We come in, we, we go to Sunday school, and we learn things. Keith was talking about he learned something, uh, studying his lesson day that he never put two and two together. We're always learning. That's why we do Sunday school lessons. That's why we have Bible studies on Wednesday night. That's why we're having Bible school. We're always learning. We're always uh, gaining more knowledge, and we're always out and about, and we want to... I don't want to bottle that up. Anything that I have learned at church, 
anything I've learned through Bible study or Bible school, whatever it is, anything that, that I have learned, I don't want to bottle that up. I want the world to know. I want to tell everybody. <laughs> like Jerry said, that new car smell kind of wore off after you got saved, didn't it? You, you, you want to tell everybody about being saved. You want everybody to be saved. You want to you want give them your testimony, tell them how good the Lord's been to you, how he saved your soul. But three months, five months, six months into it, you kind of lose that. You're not as gung-ho about Jesus as you was on the day that you were saved and in the, in the days after. So when you learn something or at church or whenever the Lord does something good for you and he blesses you, don't bottle that stuff up. Get out and tell everybody what's taking place, what he's done for you. That's why a Christian who isn't serving is a contradiction because a Christian, someone that has been served, uh, saved, should be willing to serve should be willing to get out and do more for Jesus. To be a follower of Jesus means to be a servant of Jesus. And this morning we're going to look at the four verses we're about to read, and we're going to look at four things that we can do to be more uh, servant-minded, be better servants for Jesus. If you've got your Bibles turned open with me to uh, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, stand with me just a moment, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. The Bible says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples or in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. I love that verse right there. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Thank you for preparing the way. Lord, we just thank you for preparing the mansion, preparing the, the crown. Lord, I thank you for uh, the jewels that are being set aside for us right now that we can return at a later date. God, I just want to pray today that you would touch in this service. God, I pray that you would just anoint all that takes place here. And Lord, God, I pray that you would just prepare the hearts as well. Lord, today is one of those messages that uh, it stepped all over my toes this week. And Lord, I know it's going to do the same for many here. But God, it's a good thing. Lord, it's, uh, it's making us open our eyes and, and seeing where we've got lax or where we're getting uh, just a little bit lazy in our faith. And I pray, God, today that this would be an encouragement and be a great reminder. It would be a refresher for each one of us that have called upon your name to be saved. Lord, we pray for those that are sick today, those that may be shut in, those that are traveling today. God, I pray that you'd place a hedge of protection around them, keep them safe, get them home safely. Lord, for the men and women that are serving and protecting us right now, God, I pray that you would uh, continue to, to be with them and, and, Lord, protect them as well. And, Lord, I just thank you for that service. And I pray, God, today that you would just uh, continue to bless in this little church. And, God, I pray that you would bless in this service. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Today we're going to look at how important it is to serve. To serve. There, there's so many things. There, I could have went on and on about serving, but we're just going to look at four things today, and hopefully it will be an encouragement. Man, I tell you what, when you, when you study this out, and I, I, no, I wasn't offended. I was mad at myself. I, got, I stepped on my own toes for a little while, and it's probably going to do that to a lot of you today, but that's okay. Every now and then we need a good toe step, uh, stepping on 
in, in their services. It's just a good reminder. First thing we'll look at this morning is help the church by serving willingly. Help the church. Now, I don't want to stand here and just say, help Chestnutdale by serving willingly, but I, I encourage you to do so. But God wants us to help serve his church. He wants us to be willing to step outside our comfort zone, be willing to step outside the four walls of this church. He wants us to be willing to sacrifice time and effort and might be money. I don't know. But he's wanting us to be willing to sacrifice to help build up his kingdom and doing that here on earth. So serve the church, but serve the church willingly. It's like the, those people have always said that, that growing up that they had a, a, a drug problem. Their parents drug them to church all the time. Uh, you got to go willingly. Willingly. You got to want to be here. You got to want to serve the Lord. You got to be willing to do it. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a preacher by choice. When I was now looking at how the girls are having to pick what they want to be at five years old, it seems like. I know when I was growing up and I was looking into, you know, going to college and what I was going to do when I graduated school, being a preacher wasn't even on my radar. I was saved when I was 15 years old, and so I did not have a clue what the Lord was doing in my life. He was preparing me. Had I made the choice, there's a hundred different things that I would be doing right now. I might be building houses. I might be a firefighter off somewhere. I don't know. But my, my choice was not to preach. This was God's calling. And so he called me to do this, and so I'm trying to do this willingly. It's tough sometimes. I, had, I snapped Sunday. We were, we were all eating breakfast, getting ready to head to Yellowstone, and one of the ladies that was there, my cousin Sharon, she said, are you going to preach or bring a message this morning since it's Sunday? And I looked at her, and it just hit me wrong, and I said, I'm on vacation. I just, just like that, I'm on vacation. And then I told her, I said, you got to understand, when we go in, into this park, I said, God's going to speak to you like he's never spoke to you before. It's so pretty that you don't want to hear me. I'll mess it up. But, you know, we're, I'm called. I could have done 100,000 different things, but I didn't because he called me to do this one thing. Now, I have to work by vocation, so I have to do something to feed the youngins. And they eat a lot right now. But... I was chosen. I was called. Each one of us has a calling. Each one of us has been chosen to do something for God, whatever it might be. And boy, I'm sure glad that you guys didn't ignore that calling because that, that's beautiful. To, to play a piano or to sing or to whatever it might be for the church, for the glory of God, whatever it might be, he has called us all to do something. I don't care. Nats is just to sit there and look pretty. I'm sorry. That's all you got. Just sit right there and look good. That's it. Don't have to say a word. Just sit there. You got it. So you nail it. That's it. We've all got something to do, and, and, and we need to be obeying the Lord. Now, my calling and what I'm doing right now, I'm doing willingly. I'm not fighting him. I'm not fighting to surrender. I fought to surrender, did I not? <laughs> it was bad. It was a rough few months. That's a fight I, I knew I couldn't win. 
I'm freely and willingly serving the Lord right now. So many folks are, are useful to the church to advance the gospel, but they, they're not willing. They refuse to do it. And why? Why will you not serve the church? Why will you not willingly serve the Lord? Is it because it's going to take a little bit of time? It's actually going to take a lot of time, believe it or not. Some feel unworthy. Some feel inadequate to do it. Some, they don't feel like they've been a, a Christian long enough to be able to serve. I, I'm not, this is the one that gets me. It, it drives me crazy. I'm not smart enough in the Bible to be able to do such and such. None of us are. Ain't a one of us. Trust me. I learn something every single week as I'm studying. I didn't know that was there. Well, I didn't. I never did parallel that with this or what. We're always, we're constantly learning. No one is ever going to know everything about the Bible. But you know what? He's called you to do something, and he's going to equip you. He's going to, what's that sign in my office? I done forgot. I wish I'd brought it with me. I thought about it. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. That's what I, I can't believe I remembered that. Some feel unworthy. Some feel like it costs too much. Some feel like it will require too much sacrifice. Well, yeah, it does. If you're called to do something, it's going to require you to sacrifice. You're going to sacrifice time, relationships, friendships. You're going to do a lot of sacrificing when you're called, but that's okay. I look at that as God weeding things out in your life. God's weeding out the, the, the garbage, the trash, the, the negative, the sinful things that might be in your life. He's going to weed those out so that it can make you more pure. It's just like gold. Wherever gold has been purified, it's, it's been put under heat, put under pressure to get all the imperfections out of it, to get out the bad stuff so that the gold is more pure and more usable. That's what he does with the called. He puts you under pressure. He puts you under fire, and it helps get out the bad stuff in your life so that you're more pure on this side of heaven so that you can be a better witness, so that you can help build up his kingdom, so that you can serve. Don't want all that extra weight because if you look at it, if you look at gold, a lot of the weight in, in gold that's mined out is dirt and debris and garbage, things that have got inside of it. So when they melt it down, it gets all those imperfections out and that extra weight out. And so it's more pure. If we have talents and abilities to serve, we cannot reject that call. It's tough. Man, I tell you what, I, I could have hid. Oh, I could have ran and hid. And, but I, I just knew I couldn't because I knew I was being called. And you are be a miserable person. If he's calling you to do something and you're trying to reject it, trying to avoid him, you're going to be a miserable person. It's God's desire for you to surrender your life to Him. That's not my desire. I'm, I'm asking you to, to mind the Lord, but His desire is for you to surrender and for Him to be able to use you wholly like He's planning on. He's got great plans for you. We know what the Bible says. He knows our thoughts, and He's got plans for us. He has, he has a destination for each one of us. He knows what He wants for each one of us. What is it? You've got to be willing to step outside your comfort zone and follow Him. Surrender your talents and your abilities to be used to, to His glory, to build up His kingdom, for His service. Whatever it might be, use it. Use it willingly. Surrender willingly, not because you're forced, but do it willingly. Secondly, 
Help the church by serving eagerly. Help this church by serving eagerly. Wow, he's mouthy today, ain't he? He's missed me. Look at verse 2 again. It says, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. But willingly. Are you willing to serve? Boy, I hope so. We've got something coming up here in a couple weeks, and you need to be willing to be here. Don't feel like you have to be here. Oh, the church is having Bible school. I guess I better be there. No. Be willing to show up. Be willing to do something that week. Y'all don't realize, I'm sure y'all do, but people don't realize how important Bible school is. This is, this is a big deal. I think we realized it during COVID, but this is a big deal. This is a big deal for so many children. They're not experiencing love at home. They're not being fed at home physically and spiritually. And so they come here, and they're, they're, some of them are desperate. They're looking for something. They're looking for love. They're looking for to be, to be fed. They're looking for something, and we can provide it as a church. So when we have Bible school, come and serve willingly, not because... Well, it's the church. I guess I better be there. Willingly be here. I don't care if you're here with a smile on your face and you're greeting them as they come and go and you sit at the picnic table and you don't do nothing but just be here. Be here willingly. Be here and ready to witness to that child, to that one that just cannot figure out what's going on in their life, to that one that's got a bad home life and they just need to vent. Just be here and be here willingly with them. If there was ever a poster child for, for this right here, it would be Toby Hicks. Most of y'all probably don't know Toby Hicks. I'd say none of y'all know Toby Hicks. Toby Hicks went to Beach Valley with us. Toby Hicks was the first person I ever baptized. Y'all have heard me talk about him when I slammed his head against the steps when we baptized him. <sighs> what a day. I don't know that I've ever seen anybody change their life as quickly as Toby did. Toby has cancer right now, fighting, fighting hard. When Toby was saved, you couldn't keep him away from the church. He was there early. He stayed late. He took on chores. He'd done everything that he could think of. He felt bad. His whole life, he grew up in that church and never done a thing for it, but he, was, he wasn't saved at the time. And then he felt guilty, and so he wanted to do more for not just the church, but more for the Lord. I love to watch somebody who, who is new to the church or new in their salvation, new believers. The first opportunity they get to do something, they're on it. Whatever it is, they're on it. They just have that eagerness about them. They get, they get to church early and they put on a pot of coffee. Matt, you're, you're slipping over there. You get here before everybody. You could get some coffee going. That might be your calling. I don't know if I've had your coffee yet or not, but... We'll talk about that later. We'll get there early, and they just want to be there. Open the doors, sit and pray, do whatever. Walk around the church seven times. I don't care what you do. Just If you get there early, you're eager. And then they stay late because they want to tidy up. They want to clean up. They want to make sure all the doors are locked and lights are turned off. They just, they're eager. They're eager to serve. They can't wait to get after it, just to get going. Just, I want to do something for God. Let me just do something. What is there that I can do? 
They're eager. How do we get to the point in our Christian lives where we lose that eagerness to serve? Just like Jerry said, that it's, it just it wears off after a few months after being saved. It just kind of wears off. Our eagerness wears off. Preacher can't sit up here with the cattle prong and prong you every single day, every single Sunday, and say, "Get out, go do something." Just sit there and shock you. Oh boy, I'd love to, VJ. <laughs> I'd drain the battery on you. <laughs> Smoke rolling out of his ears. The person that does some type of service because no one else will do it. That's the, that's where we're at in in the church society anymore. We don't do it willingly. We do it because it needs to be done, and nobody else wants to do it. So I'll just do it. That's, that's the way we get, we're going right now. Just do it, but do it and do it willingly. The Bible says that uh, all of us should be eager to serve. It's not twenty five percent of us. It ain't fifty percent. It ain't seventy five percent of the people doing 100% of the work, but all of us should be eager to serve. The entire church should be eager to serve, not just a handful. We don't leave it to the trustees to do the, the, the building work. We don't leave it to the deacons to do whatever. and We don't leave it to the preacher to do whatever. It's 100% of the church should be eager to serve the church. It's 100% of the church being eager to serve the Lord. It ain't Chestnutdale. It's the Lord. Whatever we do, we should be eager. We should be excited to be able to do it to glorify His name. But we should be eager and willing to serve the church. Not because we're obligated to it or any other reason, but because we want to have an impact on the kingdom. Bible school. We're not doing it because we're supposed to do it every summer. Nope. We're doing it because... We want to have an impact on the kingdom. We do it because we want to have an impact on the lives of these children. We do it to glorify God. That's it. It's, we're just an address. We're just telling the kids where to go. We could take Chestnut Dale off the piece of paper that says we're having Bible school, and we could just put 1700 Squirrel Creek Road on it. That'd be fine because it's not about Chestnut Dale. It's about the kingdom. Everything that we do in a couple weeks for those youngins is about him and not about us. It's to glorify Him and try our best to lead these children to Jesus. And we do it out of love. That's all it is. But we've got to be willing to do it, willing to serve, willing to be a vessel here on earth for Him. Thirdly, help the church by serving as an, as an example to others. Again, there's willing to serve, and then you've got to be an example to others. Okay, this, is, this can, can get deep right here. Verse 3. It says, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. Be an example. And I thought Keith was getting ready to get all over that this morning in Sunday school. He, he touched on that a little bit. But being, and I think Jerry's talking about too, or Nate one, or Nat one, I can't remember which one it was, but they had talked about people seeing us whenever we're out, we're at work. People see us. And how we act and how we react, that's the big thing. Acting is one thing, reacting is another thing. How are you going to, when you mash your thumb really hard, how are you going to react? I'm going to cry, be honest with you. I'll, I'll, I'll just cry. How are we going to react? What are we going to say? This is what really can hurt a church. When we serve as an example, we're not preaching one thing and doing another. 
We're actually practicing what we preach. We're not coming in here on Sunday all holier than thou and then going out here and hitting the bars on Monday. That's not how it works. Absolutely not how that works. We serve by example. If I'm going to be an example, then my walk will match my talk, and my talk's going to match my walk. I was trying to think, there's a song, um, man, Mark Trimble Quartet sings it. I can't even remember the name of it. It's Walk and Talk, I think, or something like that. But that's what it's saying is our talk, the way we act, what we say, needs to be the same thing that, as, as our walk. It needs to be pure. And the Bible tells us over in James that a fountain cannot put forth bitter water and sweet water, which means you can't have a mouth of grace and a mouth of gutter. We've got to have a good walk about us, a good talk about us. Titus 2.7 says, In all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, and doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. If I'm going to be an example for others, then I need to truly be a person of integrity. Let me define that. Integrity means that you are the same person when no one else is looking. That's the best definition I could find. You're the same person. Whether you're in front of a, a crowd of 100 or 200 people, or it's just you and the Lord, you need to be the same person. Those are few and far between. I know some. I know some good ones. I know some people that just, I've never doubted them one bit. I can be around them and know that if I see them on a Tuesday morning, they're going to be the same person on a Sunday morning. If I see them at a revival on a Tuesday night, they're going to be the same person as I see at Walmart. Well, Dollar General, I don't go to Walmart. They're the same person. Day in and day out, they're the same person. Somebody that changes on, on Monday from what they was on Sunday, that's not a person of integrity. That's what we call a hypocrite. That's what we call a hypocrite. As believers, the person we are on Sundays needs to be the person we are the rest of the week. And if we're going to help, if we're going to help the church, we need to serve as an example to others. If we're going to help Chestnutdale, if we're going to help any of the churches, if we're going to help the church, we have to be an example. When y'all leave here, in the way that you act the rest of the week, it don't just reflect back on the church building. It doesn't just say, oh, look, there's so-and-so. Can you believe what they just said? They go to Chestnutdale. No, it reflects back on the church. I look, they're so-and-so. Did you hear what they said? They're a Christian. That's what you hear. Be cautious. You know, I, I talk about Westboro. You know, they're, they're, that Westboro Baptist Church, they have given the Baptist churches a, a bad name because of the way that they pick it and they, they, they go. They're just mean people, honestly. They're nothing biblical about what they're doing and what they say. But that reflects back on the church as a whole. Don't be that. Don't be that person. The way you are here today, be that way the rest of the week, the other six days. We need to serve as an example to others. Number four, helping the church will ensure a heavenly reward. Helping the church will ensure a heavenly reward. Look at, at verse four again. It says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Oh, man, I love that. I love that verse.
Think about your jewelry. And I, I, Maria, we got to do this pretty soon. Her, your wedding ring and your engagement ring. We're supposed to take it to what, decays every six months? Yeah, I think we passed that. Because it fades, it tarnishes. It doesn't shine anymore. So we've got to take care of it. But what we're being told right here is by helping the church, by being servants, we're insured heavenly rewards. He's talking about our jewels, our crowns that we'll receive. We're going to have them for eternity. Now, you've had your engagement ring pushing 20 years. Yeah, it's been a long time. 20 years. She's had her wedding ring 18 years this year. Okay. They tarnish. They fade after, after just a few years. Some of y'all have been married a while. Your jewelry, your rings may be tarnished. Maybe fading out a little bit. May have even lost a jewel. But we have a promise that if we continue to serve and build up the kingdom, if we do everything in Jesus' name and we're glorifying his name and we're going to receive these crowns, these jewels, for eternity they'll glow. They'll shine forever. No need to take them back to K's. No need to put them in one of those little washy things and, and make them sparkle or whatever they do. No need because they will never fade away never what a promise he's given us this is why we do what we do and why we say stay up late getting getting things ready for church because we're we want to serve we we're not doing it just for the rewards that we'll receive in heaven those are just a that's just a perk of salvation the rewards that we'll, we'll receive but we stay up and we study and we, some of us, not Keith, but the rest of us have to study hard and, and prepare. It might take a couple weeks, a couple months to get ready. But we are rewarded for that. The preparation that goes into Bible school, we're rewarded for that. The preparation that goes into Christmas play, we're rewarded for that. The preparation that you put into uh, getting here. If y'all, I, I don't know if anybody reads the, the lesson before Sunday school, that's preparing. I don't. I refuse to read the Bible school or the Sunday school lesson because I don't like it whenever it matches up with my message. <laughs> I do. I do like it, but I don't like it. But preparing, we, we need to be preparing for things. And, and the more time that we spend preparing for the sermon or practicing, the yeah, you need you need to practice a little bit more on your piano. It's kind of rusty over there. You just <laughs> get a little better and you come up. No. <laughs> but the time that you've spent over your t your lifetime preparing to to play a piano in front of the churches god rewards you for that stuff when you're singing he rewards you for that stuff when you prepare for bible school he rewards you for that stuff preparing all one hour that you spend studying in the morning he, he rewards you too for that stuff he rewards you for preparing because you're preparing to serve. It's what you do. In the military, you don't just go sign a bunch of paperwork and throw you some camo and they say, go out there and do your thing. No, you got to prepare for battle. There's a lot of pr preparation for it. Hunter joined the fire department. They just pitch you a pager and some turnout gear and say, go fight that thing. No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> no, it, it takes some preparation. They don't just say go drive a fire truck. Driving fire truck's easy. I can drive a fire truck all day long. But can you put the pumping gear? Can you charge that line? There's you got to prepare. You got to train. You got to be ready for it. 
So prepare. The preparation that we put in to the ministry, we're rewarded for. So it doesn't go, it's not in vain. Whatever we do is never in vain. We're doing it for the Lord. That's why we do all the things that we do. We do it for Jesus. Every single one of us, when we meet Him, we want Him to say, well done. When I come up and it's my turn, I still ain't figured out if it's alphabetical or not, but I was hoping you had that figured out by the time I got back. I don't know how we're going in into the gates, whether it's alphabetical or by the way we go out. I don't know, but we all want to hear "Well done, a good and faithful servant." We want to hear Jesus tell us that I've given you ever opportunity to use the talents that I've given you, and you've done just that. Well done. Come on in. Here's your crowns. Here's your jewels. You've done what I wanted you to do with the talents and the skills that they've given you. That I've given you. That's what we want to hear. Come on in. Ephesians 6, 8 says, Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether be bond or free. That's Paul writing right there. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Help the church by serving whatever way you can. Whatever it is. You know what? Some people are just really good at praying. Might not be able to stand up and talk. Might not even be able to sing a lick. But you know what? They can pray. They can pray. You can pray. Pray hard. Pray for this church. Pray for me. Pray for the leadership of the church. You might not be able to play a piano or play a guitar, but you can pray. Do that for us. Do that for Him. If you have musical ability, then maybe you need to, to use it in the service of the Lord. I don't know. I struggle to turn that piano on for Cindy. I don't know how in the world you play that thing. That might be my skill. That might be my talent, just turning that that piano on for Cindy. I don't know. That's the only button I can mash on that thing. If you have a talent or a calling God's placed on you, you need to answer that call, and you need to use it. I can't, I can't stress that enough. I don't know what you're dealing with personally. I don't know what the Lord is, is, is working on you to do. I, I don't know. I don't. Boy, I wish I could help you with that. That's when you and Him. But if you know that He is working on you to do something to glorify His name and to build up the kingdom, mind the Lord. Don't be scared. Moses, he, he has speech impediment, still used him. Look at David, the type of person he was. What he did, God still used him. Look at the disciples. We learned a lot about them disciples. God still used them. Don't be afraid to be a servant of the Lord. Your Father, He'll, he'll reward you in heaven. It'll happen because... The Bible says so. He's going to reward you for doing those good works in His name after salvation. Remember that, works after salvation. There was a farmer, one time he had an old barn that he was wanting to get tore down. All he wanted to do was get that thing down, but it was going to be a huge undertaking. Big old barn, but it's falling down. Storm come through, lightning strike, burnt the barn down. He's tickled to death. So he didn't have anything to do. 
with the barn. It just let it burn. Well, then he had an old beat-up truck, and he needed to wash that thing, but he just didn't have the time to do it. Well, guess what? Storm come through, good heavy rain, cleaned his truck for him. Well, he's sitting on the front porch the other day. His neighbor come up to him and said, you know, it's, it's, it's September. It's about time to get them taters up out of the ground. What are you doing? He said, I'm sitting here waiting on an earthquake. <laughs> waiting on an earthquake. If we want to become servants, we can't just wait on something to happen. We can't be like that farmer and just wait for something to take place. We've got to do it. If he's calling you to do something, just do it. If you've got questions, if you need guidance, if you, I, I might not be the best person in the world to talk to, but I'll sure pray with you, pray for you, or you can just bend my ear. I don't care. But if you feel like something's going on in your life and the Lord's calling you to do something and you want to talk, talk to me. I know what that's like. I know exactly what that's like. But don't ignore it. Don't refuse it. Just go with it. That's all I can tell you. Just go with it. Jesus said we're blessed when we do something in his name. Whatever you do, Whatever that skill, that talent is, you do it, do it in his name. Live our lives as obedient and humble servants. Remember, that's, that's what Jesus was. He was humble. He was obedient. Obedient all the way to the cross. He was obedient. And he was a servant. We're to be Christians. We're to be just like him. But I tell you what, we're not supposed to be, and we're not supposed to be a contradiction. If you're here this morning and you're a Christian, you're to be serving. You are to serve. We were saved to serve. Stand with me. We're going to close out. Saved to serve. Y'all go out this week. Think about this. Think about what you've been doing since you were saved and how it's tailored off. We got. Hey, man, I'll be honest with you. We get lazy. We get lax. We get lazy in our Christian walk. We don't do all that we're supposed to be doing. The new car smell wears off. But what happens when you, when that new car smell wears off and, and it starts smelling a little bit inside, what do you do? You clean it up a little bit. Clean it up a lot. It smells better. So I say that to say you may have some unconfessed sins in your life. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you just need to get things right with the Lord Ask for forgiveness. Allow him to clean you up so that you can be a better servant. That's my two cents for y'all today. Allow him to clean you up so you can serve him. Anybody have anything on their heart this morning before we close out? Clayton couldn't wait, and he just done it all during church. Well, I appreciate the, the prayers and your patience this week and uh, allowing us to, to leave and putting up with Wade Sunday. He was he was excited to be here with y'all. He really was. I, th I think a lot of him. But uh, I'm going to close out. Y'all want to do another one? You good? I ain't got nowhere to go. I'm going to go home and get in my recliner. That's what I'm going to go do. So y'all want to do one? I know. Hey, I don't do I don't do marital counseling on Sundays. Hey, we'll, we'll y'all just sing and play, and um, we'll get up and do a little time of fellowship here in just a second, and just we're just gonna go out. We're gonna go out on a good note. How's that?